All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me, 100. Just like that, it was over. And so concludes our season, Cole. That's right. It's it's like our split. the split. Sorry, our split. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. But it does feel like a reverse Big Bang, where you have the huge moment of energy, and instead of like the creation of something brand new and exciting, it's like just silence. The end. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Ooh, that was. That was a rough weekend, everybody. Um, it was a lot of great buildup to it. Yeah. I was watching the pictures coming. I was watching all you guys who are there meeting each other. Amazing. And sending pictures and all that stuff. Like, I was so jealous. And I was, I was regretting not going really badly, even though I had a family event to go to. <laughs> it's like, man, I would have left these fools and gone there. <laughs> I didn't know but my family. If I is, had, so. <laughs> little did I know if I would have done that, what I would have witnessed on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, it was not the result we wanted. No. It wasn't even good League of Legends viewing, to be honest. It was not no. <clears throat> particularly compelling. You know, so at least the the Saturday series had some like clip moments. I had somebody at work send me a the Danny, the Danny moment uh, oh against goodness. TL. They don't even watch League of Legends. They just send it to me. They're like, check this out. And I was like, yeah. That's, wow. That's, this is going viral. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, that is. I, yeah. yeah. Well, um, as you guys know, we will never abandon you. We are here to soothe the pain and talk through it because <laughs> the pain is definitely there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in our typical fashion, we're just going to talk about our feelings for a while not gonna hit much of the games because honestly there's not much to discuss from the games they're really there's really not a whole lot of takeaway other than wow we lost yeah um so we'll do a tiny bit of that got some cool general topics and most of what we talk about is going to be woven in with the listener takes we got a ton of them as as predicted this is like record number of listener takes Appreciate and we'll we'll try and spin them into the narrative as we go, and then uh, answer everyone that has not been covered. After that, so who knows? Another free form podcast. There's no rules, call. It's the off season. That's right. This is a this is a public beta environment for the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Next week we'll be doing our launching our GTA role playing series. So who knows? It's all. <laughs> We just got to fill, fill time. Well, let's start here. Jordan, just general feelings. How did you watch this unfold? How did it make you feel? What, were the, what was the full range of emotions going from Saturday to Sunday to the end of Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> How did it all feel? All right. So there was Saturday. Got to watch that. Love, love some... Uh, semifinals league of legends action always good the plays were outstanding felt you know like oh and it was super cool i thought you know tyler one did an awesome job i thought that was very cool that they got him to do it because captain flowers did on saturday and i was like how are they gonna like who will they bring out not that captain flowers does you know 
like no one could ever top or meet him like who yeah. within their production crew oh outside the production crew get Tyler one so I thought that was cool um so yeah the the environment the production all of that i was really feeling it i was feeling good um i think the going into sunday i started to have these moments of doubt where i was like because i i was thinking back we predicted i predicted um tl to win and then i predicted us to beat them 3-1 and i mm-hmm. said and if eg were to make it in somehow i think we got them 3-0 <laughs> so i was wrong big wrong on that uh they were they were not only not swept by us, they were um, they were the 3-0 givers both series, which is crazy. They were not touched by anyone for no. 10 games. They were so good. Wait, did they, they get drop one game to TL? I can't remember. No, they didn't. Okay. Um, they, so, yeah, they won 10 in a row, I think, to close it out. Got it, got it. Is got how it. it shook out. Then three 3-0s in a row. Yeah, so I, I started to doubt <laughs> myself. I was like, am I underestimating these guys? You know, um, I didn't. I don't think anybody thought that they'd three OTL uh, after that really close series they played them in just before. So yeah, that was a surprise. And so yeah, I was going. I was a little nervous going to the game. Like these guys are clearly hot, and we talked about this a lot. Are they peaking at the right time? And is the right time for them uh, the grand finals? And the answer was yes. <laughs> the answer was yes. Um. So you know, we we also we did a little bit of you know like preemptive therapy here what if what if we don't win the title is it time to you know find the right points in the foundation where you can lodge the dynamite before you blow up the whole team should we start scouting those out now um i said no then i still feel generally uh, aligned to that answer although i gotta tell you getting beat badly leaves a different taste in the mouth than getting beat not so badly or just Barely. Even a 3-1, right? A three Even one a 3-1 would have been or, like... Or yeah. close games. Or a close game. Or moments where it, feel, it seemed like maybe we could pull it back. Uh, we didn't get those. So I can understand where people are coming from. Why there now calls for changes and you know drastic reevaluations of things. Because we were very, very, very clearly not the better team. Even Objective Bounty School couldn't rubber band us back into this thing and give us a shot at a game. Uh, so maybe they <laughs> ought to keep those, because clearly the league's going to need it if EG is going to play this way going into summer. Yeah, for me, it goes all the way back to uh, Rec League when we did our tarot reading. Well, we, we scrapped the tarot reading <laughs> given to us by tarot.com, the <laughs> official very, channel. Very good. Uh, not bad for free product. <clears throat> and we went to our own. We took matters into our own hands. And you know what? The last tarot card was, what was it? Dan, so, Danny, Danny Duck. Duck. Yeah, Danny Duck was the last tarot card. And I was like, oh, does this mean we're playing EG in the finals? And the answer was, yes. Fortunately. And I saw um, it wasn't just them peaking at the right time. It was like the universe decided that this is the team and everything going on in, in the LCS sphere (laughs) centered and aligned around EG. And, uh, it was clear that it was going to be a very tall order. So I thought, um, going into game one, it was like, 
and I know there's there's someone in particular, one of our mods in particular, is going to really dislike this. But um, going into the game, I was like, look, we're either going to come out and absolutely dismantle them or the exact opposite. It was just like with the energy out there, that's what happens. That's just my experience of what happens. It's not two teams that throw haymakers at each other. It's one team blows away the other mm-hmm. in whatever direction because it's either like look at all the hype around this sick team and everything's going right. And then it falls apart yep. or, or, or it doesn't. just carries on. There's <laughs> never a medium there. So, um, I truly thought that it was obvious what was going to happen like 15 minutes into game one. I, I literally had zero expectations of winning from that point on. Yeah. I did think it was maybe possible for us to sneak a game if we had like a really good draft prepared, mm-hmm. we didn't have a really good draft prepared and, or maybe just they, they definitely had a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, yeah. you know, they, they, yeah. they were ready for whatever we did. So, um, yeah, it's like, I, I agree with what you were saying when we were revisiting how we, f- how we would feel on a hypothetical loss. We were like, you know, it's still fine. It's still you know, second place finish, <clears throat> great split. We're still in good shape, but the manner with which we were um, removed from competition yeah. made it a lot more painful than I expected. And uh, not to say that I changed my mindset around that, but just that, wow, um, it definitely felt like you get punched in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the old swift punch yeah. to the groin. Uh, right. Well, I'll I'll uh I'll put my hypothesis out there. It felt like we were back to form. And it felt like TL was, you know, looking pretty pretty stable, right? They were kind of stabilizing. Mm-hmm. They had they had made it to winners finals. Like <laughs> hard to say that a team in winners finals is looking shaky. Um so to have a team who just comes through and absolutely steamrolls, right? And against TL, you could say, yeah, it took a, a couple of weird flukes. There's some plays there. It very well could have been a different series scoreline. Yeah. Um, even if EG still wins it, right? A game could have gone either way. It's very coin flippy. Um, unless you'd say you just should have counted the, the server tick rate. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's uh, that barren refresh. When a team does that, it just ch- it changes where the bar is, right? So you could say, I mean, if EG can keep this up, well, and only time will tell, right? But when you've got a team with two, essentially, like, two rookies, call it. Not, I know, they're not b- both technically rookies, but two guys who are teenagers, at the very least. Um, and this is what they accomplish. You do expect to see them continue to accomplish things. You know, whether that is a repeat or international success, who knows, but they've got a lot of years left uh, that they can continue to refine and improve. So, um, so if, it, with that being the new normal, it changes. I think you, you can't help, but feel differently about, Hey, we're, we're looking like we're in the form that we were when we won this thing. Like, but the bar is different. It's raised. And now if we want to get back to the place where we work, all the promised land, we're going to have to find a new way to um, improve our game. 
And I think it's only natural that you start to ask questions about, are we at our ceiling, right? Is there more room to grow, that kind of stuff that we just haven't needed to ask uh, up to this point because we haven't had a team do this. No team has done this to us convincingly since this team was formed. Yeah, this roster in particular. Yep. Yeah, because this roster <clears throat> we were blown out of our first ever finals. Right, but and we never recovered team, this roster. That team, yeah, that team was broken. Right, yeah, it it didn't recover. <clears throat> so, uh, talking about like just just in the manner in which it happened, that was one of the weirder things for me because. You know, we could talk about some of the game things here, uh, which again, we're not going to do. We're not going to do a deep dive into this because I think, quite honestly, like the reason we lost is because we played a lot worse than they did. Yeah. So everything else <laughs> is just kind of like secondary. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know, like, what we were doing with closer. That's like one of my biggest questions. He was obviously the the carry for finals last year for the whole playoffs. Yeah. And I would argue that for playoffs this year, he, it was him as well. I think Sun, someday also did very well during playoffs, but <clears throat> I think Closer was the standout. And what do we get in game one for Closer? Mm. The trundle. Ooh, fear. Fear the trundle. Not, not the typical Closer playmaking, you know, pick. So it's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. We'll we'll get it next time. We'll go to go to game two. We'll make sure he's he gets that uh Jarvin or that Lee Sin or that Diana, maybe. And it was Graves. Have we seen that before from him? Graves has not been a jungle presence. Uh based what, on has my own he unofficial. played Graves for us? I'm not <laughs> I can't remember if he has. Uh, I know someday has. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Graves was not what I thought we would get (laughs) at that point. And so I was like, okay, well, there's no way we do that again, but we fell into the trap that we pointed out. Uh, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before that, where we were like, Viego is kind of a trap pick, Mm. right? Uh, not only is the champ less effective, but he has played it in a less effective way than last year so you know for us we were prioritizing jarvin mm-hmm. and leeson and diana those were like that's what we want to see him playing and we didn't get that either <laughs> we got we got the viego we got the trap pick um <clears throat> so i'm not i'm not gonna say that the picks were outside of what's good to draft in those situations mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not qualified to say that, no, nor do I believe that that's the case. But what it did show is that we were moving away from what is our strength, right? It is it's a step away from the things that have led us to victory in the past. Yeah, you know? and I, I do have to give credit to EG. I think they drafted really well. And it's not just that they picked the good champions and we picked the bad ones. I think they had a lot of answers the things that we try to do. Um, I know there was conversation specifically about whether banning Lee Sin was a solve. Um, maybe it was on JLXP, but their thought was it's not. Closer's too good. Oh, it yeah, was, yeah. It that was, was like pretty effective. 
I have to say. <laughs> uh, so maybe it wasn't a hard solve, but it sure went a long way to, you know, taking the the untouchability out of his game. Um, just you know, he he is really really good on Lee Sin. That is a great champion for him, and that doesn't mean he can't play the champs. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a champ pool. It just means that like he's he's absolutely world class on that one, and he's not on Trundle, right? Like. I guess maybe it's possible that I don't know what a world-class trundle looks like, but it didn't seem like that was it. Um, <laughs> it didn't have the same opportunities that have allowed him to become, you know, playoff MVP, finals MVP, that kind of thing. So that was, I thought that was really good. And then more broadly, right? Like, they were just prepared. You have to give them credit. Um, oh, yeah. They were, yeah, that's not a, even a question. They yeah. were definitely ready for anything at that point. Do you, do you want me to talk about a couple <laughs> of things that I saw that I thought were especially good from them with that in sure. that regard. Sure. Um the trundle so the trundle pick, you know, it felt like that was our attempt at answering the Orn, right? Right. And the 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 thing they did that was chess versus our checkers was they just drafted an entire comp of meatballs, right? It's like you can subjugate one per fight. You get one. And then they got three others. It's like, well, uh so so much for that. So it didn't actually neutralize the Orn at all which was, uh, that was the loss, essentially, in my mind. Orn still is very good. We played it, second game. They had an answer. It was Ordekaiser. Like, okay. And he, you get to do that when you have a player like Impact who has probably played against Orn in professional games like a thousand times, you know? Yeah. He knows that matchup. He knows exactly how to play that. He knows the strategy. He's, he, that is the, adva- the Impact advantage, and he's, he showed up in a huge way. And then in the third game, we just had to ban it. We just had to ban it because we didn't. So I almost feel like that you could, you could arc out this series in just what is happening with Orn in each game. One, they <laughs> play it. We try to counter. We don't. Two, we play it. They try to counter. They do. Three, we ban it and it's over, right? Like we've, we, we have not prepared in the same way that they have. And so we have to give up one of our very, very precious bands to just take it out. Say no. So that was a bummer. Yeah. <clears throat> there were more, um, more kind of silly or annoying um, draft things from my perspective that happened as well. Um, we let the Tom Kench through in game one, which ultimately was a huge deal. Mm. And <clears throat> I like... You know, that's what I've called out all season long, like the entire season. I've been like, we just have to ban Tom Kench against good teams. Yeah. We'd never play it well. We just never play against it well. And it just was the bailout option for them every time there was pressure, you know. And yeah. um, so that was a super frustrating pick. Um, it was frustrating to let the Jarvan through to them, which we saw Jarvan be a major power pick for us. That kind, yeah. of, kind of an unsung power pick from us. Yeah, it's surprised. Um, <clears throat> the surprise of the patch in my mind was how prominent Jarvin was. Yeah. And then the, you know, the, the, the bait to have Abadaga play LeBlanc and be prepared to handle that. You know, it, in game two, they knew that <clears throat> we would take that and we wouldn't let it through to Jojo Pune, as called out on the desk. <sighs> that was frustrating. Um, I don't like spending a ban on Nocturne. Honestly, I know it's inspired, but I just don't like spending that ban out in the first round. 
when we've got kind of other issues going on. We banned that all three games. Uh, we banned it. I think I know game two and three. Let me look at game one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a first ban for game one and game two and and three. It was it was our first yeah. ban every time. So I mean that <clears throat> just to kind of reiterate, and I think the point's made. Like I don't think we need to continue to necessarily make this point. I don't think people are disagreeing on this, but it is interesting to just look at this team and how well um they were able to present us problems that we couldn't effectively answer we never we never felt confident playing against the nocturne comp that's what that tells us and so we didn't we just yeah. said we're not going to because they had they had that whole strategy ready to go it's and, and i've heard rumors and rumblings of like scrim eg like doing this and just being a nightmare for teams no doubt no doubt so and so it's like you know the the dive comp that we played i think it was in game three i believe our our last gasp the Viego Vex that came to mm-hmm. yeah um game three that was our that was our attempt at like mixing it up right and yeah. we never ever got the reset going and so we just lost the game badly because that's all that comp wants to do so the, the fact that EG has an entire comp that we had to ban away gives them such a huge edge you know because it means <clears> that <throat> okay, you want to buy a Nocturne and TK and Orn or you, you do you care about Danny at all because he's pretty good I've heard um like there there aren't enough bans eg is they've hit the point where they're unbannable well and not that we planned well against the bans either though because again you know someone mentioned the twisted fate pick in the chat twisted fate i think has been overall actually a big positive for us but guess what you gotta ban out tom kench if you're if you're trying to get that destiny into the back line oh yeah yeah because he it's just like okay gold card him who cares with the kench can just devour yeah. You know what I mean? It it just doesn't matter. So and the um, damage output is so much reduced compared to like a Victor. You know, right? We had yeah, yeah, just, and and that okay. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say next is we had the opportunity to play Victor for Abadago, who we know has been excellent on that pick, and we did not do it. And I finally have to wave the white flag and admit defeat on the Vex pick. Yeah, I I had defended it, but um, it it has not worked more than it has worked clearly. Yeah. And there was just like there were really close calls with with it with the ults and the dive. He played it well. Like he didn't. I I mean, look, I'm no but vex expert. It just I can't wasn't say. quite enough. But like at the end of that game, he hit an ult into a four or five man fear, and there was nothing behind it. You know, it was like he hit the perfect jab, and then our cross came like two two and a half seconds later, and there was no <laughs> no juice behind it. You know, and they just shrugged it off, and then of course he's dead. So it looks like he's inting. It was a perfect setup if we had somebody there who was ready to blow the rest of the team up. So it's, there's only so much you can do in those kinds of comps when you have no one backing you up. And maybe not even because they were misplaying it. Maybe it's just because we were that far behind that it didn't really matter, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I think like the idea was really like we're just going to dive under turret and blow them up and like not have these 5v5 fights so much that comp and yeah. didn't have that opportunity so mm-hmm. <sighs> i i wanted to point this thing as because i think they're valid right there were many annoying things there were many uh times where it felt like we were away from what we've seen work from us and i think that frustration is valid but going back to what i said before this conversation i don't think it really mattered in the end i don't think we were going to beat them no matter what happened how bad they drafted and how well we drafted, I do not think it would have made a difference. <clears throat> they were just 
absolutely on fire. Um, I wanted to bring up a listener take about this because I, I think that I, I had this thought myself and then someone articulated it. Let me find it really quick. And it has to do with the, the, just the symbolic nature of that Danny play against team liquid and what followed. Um, let me see. Okay. Tasio's Tasio's salad. Dang. <laughs> Gotta say his name. <laughs> Salads take is the one I wanted salad. to pull up. He said, he, well, it's a question actually. It says, how much do you think the Danny play, the jinx pentacle with steel affected the weekend as a whole and hundred thieves mental. And this, this I think is like when, when considering the domestic history of LCS, so not, not like international competition, but this has to be up there and for not only like the best play ever in the league, but the, the most important and influential play because this play was, so again, two V five Baron contest, Pretty low health bars. Uh, you've got Danny on on the Zeri, and he's a, or on the Jinx, and he's able to get in, and and the the like everything aligns for it perfectly. Yeah, the game situation, the health bars, the Baron heal at twenty nine minutes to make the smite not work, mm-hmm. and the rocket work. He gets Baron steal. He gets five kills. They win the game. And more importantly, all momentum that is possible to have in the universe went to Danny at that moment. Uh, from the game itself and the players and how they feel to the way that the casters were calling the games to the way that the fans were at the venue yep. and in Twitch chat and then everywhere else, <clears throat> that play like... It was it was so definitive, right? It was it was such a big deal yeah. <clears throat> that I don't I think at that moment like everything was over. And I was I was listening um to the casters call our games and they just would not shut up about Danny. It was like <laughs> Danny 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 Which is a perfect storm because of what had happened, how badly they were beating us. And the fact that he was legitimately incredible playing that, you know, playing that way. So I'm not faulting them for doing it, but just like as a fan of the other team, I'm sitting there like my blood is boiling listening to them do this. But it went beyond them, right? It went to the fans in the venue too. So um, reports are, right, from from what's been said, it was like, and and you could kind of hear it, um, more EG support in the venue than Hundred Thieves. I'm very surprised about that. Just objectively, I would not have guessed that EG would have support. Right? Can I make one really quick comment about the <clears throat> the Baron play before you go to the support piece? Yeah, sure. I just have to say, I've 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 questioned whether a play like that can really swing things as much as people like the storyline will say, right? The casters, the fans, etc. I, I think back to I love the when you bring up our high school swimming right. We were on the same team. I, I'm I'm not I don't have numbers for this, but I know that my best swims were often after other people had pop off swims. 
right? Whether it's a relay mm -hmm. or an individual race, there is absolutely something that happens to you that makes you perform at a different level than you're capable of when you see a teammate do something ungodly. Yeah. Just so, so amazing. And, and you don't need to look further than JoJo's reaction to see that that kid, he's 17 now, he's a high school swimmer playing League of Legends, right? Like, I don't actually know if he <laughs> swims, but that's the analogy here. He then had the series that led to them winning the championship, right? So for me, it, like, it squashes it. There's no doubt that, that a play like that can redefine an entire <clears throat> weekend. And I, you know, like, clearly he was fired up and everyone else was too. But go ahead, yeah. the fan. <clears throat> so the fan support was like overwhelmingly in their direction. Now, I think there are two root reasons for this. And one is obviously what they were witnessing. It is impossible to see someone perform at that level and not want to cheer from them. Like, you know, this is the day before our series when that play happens and I'm tweeting about it. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my, I cannot believe that Danny play. Yeah. I, I was like, he has not just one, but two contenders for the best LCS play ever. Right. And one was against us. Now one was against team liquid. <clears throat> I'm, I'm like, I cannot believe this. But like, like, so, so when you watch someone do that, you cannot help, but like root for it. Cause you're witnessing history. Mm -hmm. It's like, this guy might be the best player like to come out of NA ever. If his trajectory continues. Right. Yeah. And if he has longevity to his career, does he already have the most pieces? <clears throat> Probably. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. That's insane. Um, so, there's there's that aspect of it is naturally going to have everybody who is kind of neutral about things cheering for that team, all right? And I'm not mad at that, okay? Now, the other thing is is the more interesting question and phenomenon, right? Now, think back to when EG came into the league with their rebrand and they're like, "Oh, we're the bad guys. Everybody loves the bad guy. Yeah, we're coming for the throne with the bad guys. All right. And do you remember laughing at that yeah. on the podcast? How <laughs> horrible of an idea that was. It was like, bro, there's already G2. You cannot <laughs> occupy this space. I know it's in a different league, but like yeah. you're just going to be copying them, right? Budget G2. <clears throat> yeah. And it didn't work. I mean, other than like casters who like to have a pun or something in, in their, ca in their calls, it just didn't work. No one really cared. EG did not gain a big fan base. So they took, <laughs> and I, I don't think really on purpose. I don't think this is a conscious decision by them. Um, so far as like the, the capturing the market goes at least but they did the one thing kind of left to do for a, a team in the LCS <clears throat> that wants to establish a fan base, establish an identity and really like give people a reason to cheer for them, which was they took up that mantle of like, we're going to be the NA team. Mm -hmm. Okay. All these other teams are using imports. We're going to be the NA team. Now I think this is purely based on their internal, like, projections for this talent that they have. I don't think it has anything to do with the marketing side of it. I don't think that's what drove the decision at all. Right. Yet, yet that is like the best available marketing opportunity for them. And because 
the talent that they have and took a chance on walked the walk when it mattered. Yep. It was, it's the most effective thing that could possibly happen to a team like that. Right. And so that's why you have this groundswell support for them. You got the, the people whose teams were eliminated by EG cheering for them because it's like, holy crap, these guys from NA are so good and might be able to do something on the international stage. Let's cheer for the pop-off. Yeah. And I think, like, <clears throat> I totally understand that. And I don't have any problems with it. I just think it's very fascinating because I, I think that on the marketing side, like, it's, it was an, it, they just kind of stumbled into it. You can yeah. thank Peter Dunn. You can th- thank Kelsey Moser, right? You should thank Kelsey, yep. You should, you should thank them for that <clears throat> because they just stumbled on to we're going to be that team. Uh, that said, I can't believe how much people like outnumbered our fans. Yeah. Because we were in the last year, like the new exciting team that finally you know, broke through the traditional powerhouses, established ourselves um, with this great core of players that we kept together, that have been playing together for a while. And we were kind of like the feel-good, root-for-us story. And it's like, other than the people who are true fans of the org, they just dropped it. They just dropped it. That was very sad. Now, here's the thing. I, I think the fans of this NA talent thing, you th- let me ask you a question. Do you think that they are fans of the players or fans of the org? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good question. I think the I think they're they're fans of the players first, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't even think it's close. There there is a knock on effect though. Like I I do I don't think any of those players who are there. Somebody in chat called this out. And I think it's a smart observation. There were a lot of TL fans there. There were a lot of C9 fans there who didn't get to watch their team anymore, and so we're watching the next best thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the next best thing at this event was EG, and it wasn't. You know, yeah. Understand for all the reasons you've mentioned, understandable. <clears throat> I don't expect any of those players, even though they're all about this NA talent, NA pride. I believe in NA. I don't expect any of them to stop rooting for the team that they have all the jerseys for next split. They're going to go right back to either all of our EU That's... imports are the the key to success. All of our Korean imports, nobody believes in in TSM's theory anymore. Um, it, it, you'll go back to that, right? So, but I do think the knock-on effect I mentioned, I do think there will be people who, when their team's not playing against this team, they'll root for them. In the same way that I yeah. root for CLG, in the same way that I root for FlyQuest when not playing against us, right? The problem is, if, if JoJo and Danny switch teams, they will root for whatever team they're on. That's right. Not EG. That's so right. EG has not captured the fans. That's true. Their players have captured the fans. Yep. So, <clears throat> which is it's, something it's, you've observed many times about that's that feels a little bit unique about the league space. Yeah, it's like well, player, I think it's, I think, it's I think it's esports in general. Yeah, um, definitely not in traditional sports as much. Like like there are people like me. Like I'm a LeBron fan, right? Right. Right. Um, so I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm not a Cavs fan. Definitely don't like either of those teams. Not a Heat fan. <laughs> yeah. But since I'm cheering for LeBron, I'll cheer for whatever team they're on, right? That and and there there is that in traditional sports a lot, but there's much more like 
were fans of the team mm-hmm. as opposed to fans of the players in, in relation to the proportion of that right. in the league space. It's like 95% of people are fans of the players first and yep. then the org. So um, it's really weird because so now if they're, if they hold on to these players, they're going to be fine. And like that narrative will bear out for them. But if those players leave, whether they get bought out or they just like, you know, fill, finish their contracts and go somewhere else, EG better have the next NA talent locked and loaded, ready to go, or else that narrative is going to disappear for them, right? Yep. They're, <clears throat> and this is, this. I'm going over to take from Graf, um, who said, he had three points. He said, one, the EG native talent narrative is overblown and ridiculous they're not the only team that's developing talent. And that's true because if you're looking at what's on deck for NA talent, like we are probably the leading org in that sense. Um, two, this narrative is a large, re- and those were my words, not his, mm-hmm. the whole part about us. Yep. Um, but I think Graf is alluding to that. His second point from Graf, th- this narrative is a large reason why the crowd was disgustingly one-sided at LCS finals. <laughs> totally agree, as I said. And then three, there were almost no real EG fans at the finals. So they have, they have their players have been such like a bright light that they have captured everybody temporarily. Right. To a degree that is just unimaginable. Now, all respect and credit to Peter, to Kelsey, to everybody else in that program who has put this together. It's not like they don't deserve that credit. They definitely do. <clears throat> but man, is it weird to have like a, like an entire entire stadium of people against you for that reason. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I like as someone who I don't truly care that much whether our team has imports or domestic players. Like I'm a hundred thieves fan. I'm not the players right. fan, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, it's it. I don't really care. It's cool, obviously, if like NA does well. Like I, you know. I always want to crush LEC every time we see them, but I just don't care. And so it's weird to me to see that matter to like everybody else in the world. Yeah. I just had a, an epiphany, Cole. We, we've been doing this all wrong. We, we should have created a player-centric podcast, not a team-centric <laughs> podcast. We should just pick some players, hitch star. I, I mean, maybe now's the time. Maybe this is it, right? The JoJo and Danny <laughs> show. We'll just do... <laughs> Just do content about them. Get all that, you know, and then where, wherever they go, whatever team they go to, people will, will flock to us to talk about these two new favorites, the hope of NA full. But yeah, I think uh, it will be very interesting to see. Uh, I cannot imagine the types of checks uh, that Jack has been taking pictures of and sending to EG <laughs> uh, management. You know, it's probably just a picture of like a, a line of zeros. They don't even put the front number on there, just zeros across. What do you need? I'll make it happen. Um, but it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if EG can hang on to these guys. Um, and that probably, that'll probably come in part down to how they treat them and whether they want to stay or not. They're young enough that their parents get to help help them make this decision. <laughs> so yeah, are they getting a good and, I mean. And EG, it has demonstrated they are very willing to spend a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think they'll get outbid. I think it'll truly be a, a you know, just a choice for the players, yep. basically, um, at the end of contracts. 
Um, I did want to go over to a kind of related take um, from Nate ID, who had a who had a like kind of a long one, but I will read it. He said, um, to start off my take, I'm happy for EG winning. Them going nine and nine in the regular split never showed their true ceiling. Them doing back to back three o back to back to back three o's shows how insane they can be. Jojo and Danny are truly the future of the LCS and should give hope to NA talent. So break. But <laughs> the second part of my take is how in a different timeline of 100 Thieves winning the grand finals, it would still feel that 100 Thieves wouldn't get their respect if they went back to back. The league community was very against us and it showed much more after the loss. It's very odd how people pick and choose to see how an org can be respected or not, even if they want a chip and is very successful outside of set esports. And I feel that this is true. Like I, I, I seriously get this weird vibe where it's like, you know, p- people were pretty complimentary of us after the championship. And then like, it's like the, um, toy story Andy meme where it's like, I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're dropping us, which is like, you know, everybody has the right to cheer for who they want, but I do feel like a little disrespected, but I can't defend us because of how badly we got curb stomped in the finals. Yeah. But we're probably better off being the underdogs anyway. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think it's it is really interesting. The answer to when will we gain the respect of anyone is still unclear. We still don't yeah. know. Um you know, and, and we'll see. We how... still got picked we got picked against like every week until this matchup, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> all right, you know. <laughs> I guess I guess we're just typically better that way. Um, but I'm so I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with this. If I think if EG gets clapped at MSI um, by anyone other than T1, then I think this will be a very flash in the pan moment for them. Yeah. Which is sad for them, by the way. Like I'm not I'm not rooting against EG in any sense. Like no. I would much rather and there are some takes that will echo this later. I'd much rather be rooting for them at an MSI than like TSM, C9, Team Liquid. You know, right, I'm, I'm right. sick of that. Yeah. So I'm happy that there's someone else um, in there. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, I, I hope they don't get clapped at MSI because then all of these people who are essentially like fair weather NA talent fans <laughs> are going to disappear. Yeah. Usually, I mean, let's not forget, usually up until this moment, basically, Twitch chat was just full of NA talent Omega lol, you mm-hmm. know? And we're going to go right back to that if they don't have a very good MSI. So it's going to be crazy amount of pressure for them. And I, I hope they can, they can last through that. Yeah. Let's see. But I do, so, oh, and, and then in, in summary, just to kind of close off this um, conversation about EG fandom and, you know, how they're able to galvanize the whole league behind them. I think it's fine. Like I'm not angry at anyone I'm not like, I don't think it's weird or unfair or whatever mm-hmm. that it happened. I get it. <clears throat> it's not how I root for things, but I get it, you know? Yeah. So there, there were some heated comments in our discord and in, in some of the takes that were sent to me. And to those people, I just say, you can understand, right? <laughs> just, just relax. I you mean, as understand. a neutral, I totally get it. Right? Yeah. If you're not, I mean, in, in another part, it's like, I think there's also, we haven't talked about this, but if you are TL, C9, TSM, 
I think the first thing you want to see is to see us fall, right? Right. You you want to maintain this select club that you're in that no one else gets to be part of. And so I th again, I think it's very natural to root against other teams who would attempt to challenge that, you know. Um, so that's probably I think where some of the like the the negative fandom comes comes from for us specifically yeah. is you know we we are the newest or I guess now we're not uh, we're the, <laughs> the, we were yeah uh, we were the newest um, applicant for admission to the club and uh, you know we'll see we'll see long term what this does to that application um, now eg is. And I think depending on how MSI goes, that will determine a lot. And then, of course, summer. So we'll see if they're the real deal. And then everyone gets to hate them too uh, when they start beating up on their own team. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of uh, fans reacting passionately to um, results in the moment, oh. <laughs> let's what? let's move on to another take, which I think is going to open up the, the the last major topic of conversation for us. And then after this, we'll kind of fill out the rest with listener takes. Which might still be a while. We might be in for a long podcast, by the way, because we got a ton. But yeah. um, wanted to go to this one from our friend Tim Sevenhusen. Ah, yes. Um, who who submitted this question to us? How do you feel about staying the course on the same roster versus trying out some changes for this summer? Mm -hmm. Hot topic of conversation <laughs> after what happened. Um, and and remember, he is talking about. Changes for the summer. All right. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'll go. I think there, there is a very limited set of changes that I think are worth considering. Oh, how about a six-man roster? Anybody? Oh, now there's an idea. Anybody up for a six-man roster? Um, I don't think you can acquire any talent. I think we, we struck gold with Abadaga, got ourselves... A title i don't think that this window is the window where you're going to have your greatest chances at getting a a meaningful or the right upgrade obviously you get a much uh, wider talent pool available to you after the summer split so i i would say no let's not hit the market and try to buy somebody um so for me that leaves then our internal talent our subs tenacity busio um you know, I think Busio was there probably more as my sense is he was there to, you know, just have experience of being there. Um, I don't think there was any real consideration that he would be playing, question mark. Um, so anyway, I, I think it's it's fine to reevaluate that question. And, you know, hopefully the the halo effect from EG's NA talent doesn't rush us into making any calls on our own NA talent uh, that we wouldn't otherwise make. But that's, I think where I would look. And <clears throat> on, on your personal opinion, like going into summer, like would you, how would you feel if they came out and said they were making one or both of those changes? I mean, I think you, I think you start summer status quo. This is what I would do if I were playing it out. You start summer status quo. If it becomes very clear that EG is leaps and bounds beyond us and probably the rest of the, the league generally, then I think it opens the door up to experiment more, right? If it's, 
if the only way you can win a title with a roster is via fluke, right? Like if two players sleep through the summer finals from EG and so they have to play with their coach and the GM, you know, like, and then we win. Okay. That's not going to happen. So, um, I don't know. I think it, it does give you a little bit of freedom to just kind of step back and reevaluate things. But, and then I guess that's the other piece. If we can't, if we don't have a realistic hope of beating the number one team in NA, what are we going to worlds to do? You know? So it becomes much less precious that we, we keep it together, you know, for the hopes and dreams. If those things all just become that much more of a long shot. Yeah. So a couple things and I'm, I'll try and do my best to note when I'm playing devil's advocate and I'm not actually presenting a position that is mine versus what I actually believe. Um, <clears throat> one of those things being <laughs> a devil's advocate position. Mm -hmm. You talked about like st starting status quo in the summer and going from there. Now you went to, if it's looking like EG can ever be caught, you know, or not. And if, yeah. and if it doesn't look like, yeah, mm -hmm. our ceiling means we could beat this team. If it doesn't look like that, then bailing and making some kind of change. My, <clears throat> the thing I would, I would expect is more likely and that more fans would focus on is if we come out looking bad again. Mm. Okay. So not necessarily like how good is EG compared to us, but just how good do we look compared to what we expect from our form. And if we're severely underperforming, I could see people being like, why aren't we putting tenacity in? Why aren't we putting Busio in? Um, and the history of this split is going to make that argument like very fraught, right? right? Because we started off looking really bad and brought it back to hit a number two finish, taking down team liquid along the way. Right. Um, embarrassing cloud nine. Uh, you know, like we had a very strong showing objectively. We didn't get the job all the way done mm -hmm. and the last series hurt really bad, but you know, we started off in a very dark place yep. and still made it to grand finals. So it, and, and with the same guys, it's going to be hard to be like, Oh, they're not playing well. Like let's sub somebody in. Cause like, well, remember last split, you know, they'll come back. They'll be fine. Um, so I, I almost think like if we start out with the same roster, there's virtually no scenario where it would make sense to like switch people because of that. Um, let me, let me, I don't want to be absolutist with it because like, if, if, if like Abadaga like is, is walking back towards Victor death rays again, <laughs> uh, for four weeks straight. Okay. Maybe that's different, but you know, I think when it comes to playing the percentages, it's going to be very unlikely that we see something with strong enough evidence to make a change based on how this split went. Go ahead and say what you were going bring up. There, there are things that I think we can look at before the split starts. I think one of them is if EG goes to MSI and craps a bed, then that gives us, that's a, that's a very important piece of data that we can use. Right. And, and honestly, it's like, they're, they're the ones who are leading the pack right now. So we have to make some decisions based on where they're at. Yeah. Um, because our, our objective is to win a split. So they're, they're setting the pace. Um, there, there's kind of an interesting thing that we haven't talked about, which is, like the debrief from this series might be, you know, here are the three to four reasons, three to five reasons, whatever that we lost. Um, 
they were prepared for us. The meta was a bit unkind, you know, um, we, and whatever it is, I, I don't have those things. Sorry. Um, and if that's how, if that's the outcome and they, they say, I think our hands are good enough. I think it's just, it's a, it's a confluence of these different things that were somewhere out of our control, the moment, Danny, et cetera. Um, and I think if we had another chat chance, we, we could absolutely beat them. Then you, you stick your, you know, stay your course. Um, but that's, that's only something that the GMs and the coaches can, can, you know, decide. So we, we won't have a great look at that because they, they also might look at that series and say, that was our best look. We got exactly what we wanted. We just aren't good enough to beat them, you know? And yeah, that's a possibility though. Very unlikely, but it's a possibility. We'll yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's like, it could be a little bit more fluky in their mind, or it could just be that. Yeah. They, they are going to beat us nine times out of 10 in a best of five changes yeah. it. So that's important. So the MSI performance is going to factor into that for sure. So mm-hmm. that's a very good point. Now, um, <clears throat> so how I feel about this is like, since we've assembled this roster and staff, uh, we've had two splits on our belts. We won one and we got second place to, you know, what is essentially like a supernova, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's not that bad of a result guys where we have, I mean, if, if you want to play this on aggregate over the last two splits, we are for sure the best team, right? Uh, EG, what were they fifth last, last split? So when you're looking at like what we got out of what we put together, it's been very good. Right. Um, I, and, and, and one of the strengths of this team that we believe in that the casters bring up, right. Are, uh, or is, um, the fact that this roster has played together for so long. Right. So three of them were on golden guardians together. Uh, then they came to hundred thieves and played together with someday for a while. Then they kept together, added, added Abadaga in mid. Now they've got a, a full year under their belts. And there, that has to stand for something, right? Um, playing together, knowing each other really well has to stand for something and can be an advantage. For me, I, I said at the beginning of this year, I don't even care if we suck in spring. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, let's go the whole year with this roster. And given that we didn't suck in spring. Yeah. We did very briefly. (laughs) Our end result was, was good. Um, I am not of the mind to make any changes to this team, even with some talent bubbling up underneath us. I think we, you know, we dance with the one we came with. Right. And after the summer, even if we do well, if we, if we survey the landscape and we're like, yeah, you know what? Everybody's getting better. LCS competition is getting better. TL looks better in 2022 looks better than TL in 2021. Uh, EG is obviously, if they continue a form that's even close to this, they're kind of off the charts when you compare to 2021 LCS. Cloud9, we'll see if they can recover from being broken by us. TSM might get relegated. Who knows? (laughs) But, (laughs) <laughs> the the fact is like if we if we think the competition has risen up after the summer even if we do well relatively okay maybe we can talk about some things right mm-hmm. but i just i don't think there's any way you can bail on 
a roster that got first and then second. Yeah. No, I, I generally agree with you. Like, I think that big changes are mid-split are for those teams who have had a monumental collapse or who are so far off the mark that they were hoping to achieve that they decide change has to happen. So the only way that I would see something being possible for us is if we start to take a more future look because of the sudden dominance of EG. You know, I don't, I would say if I had to say what I hope we do, I hope we just stick with the roster we have. Yeah. Um, but I could see how they might start to be more future looking if it, if it becomes clear that there is a new top dog. Or if they just, if they, if they are smitten by what EG has done. Yeah. Right. That, that, you know, you talked about that. You said like, it's possible that the halo effect of any talent, what they have done could persuade us to be like, Oh, well, we've got our own prospects and we certainly do. Yeah. Um, and, and let's give them a try. So that's, you know, in the realm of possibility, but yep. I am not wanting to see that until after this year. They, they have not officially said what happens with tenacity for next split. No, they said they're working on it. And the, the <laughs> language for me reads very much like it's more likely he will not be with us next, next split. So or on the, the LCS roster, at least, right? I, I think he'll go to another team to be honest, man. It's okay. If we deal him and he becomes the top lane equivalent of the Jojo and Danny show, that feels bad. That will feel very bad. However, we also have general sniper waiting. That's true. That's true. So, I mean, we can't play him yet, but at least we will have dealt somebody that we still have what appears to be an extremely promising um, backup to that. Um, so to, so to, to give a more direct, you know, answer to Tim who says staying the course versus trying out some changes for the summer. Sounds like both of us do not want to try out changes for the summer. I think it could be potentially detrimental if we do that. Um, the six man roster thing that we dropped, it was not good. Um, it wasn't good for tenacity. It was good for the team. Um, and I don't fault them for it because someday just stepped it up like crazy. So it is what it is, but uh, we're gonna. I think we would be more cautious about something like that. I'm open to talk about after the summer, but uh, like even if we do well and you know whatever, we can talk about after the summer. But until yeah. then, I just don't want to see anything. Okay. Um, and let me just make a comment that I do. I understand everybody's frustration uh, given the showing. And being like, oh man, like we need to, we need to get our new talent up there just like they, they have. And we need to uh, make changes and get better energy on the team or whatever. I understand that frustration, but I really think you guys got to chill on that. <laughs> like, I think we need to, we need to look objectively at how good the team has been and realize that winning the LCS is like very difficult, you know? if all teams were equal, you have a one in 10 chance, right? Yeah. And all teams are not equal. So, mm-hmm. and honestly that makes it harder, not easier to win. So uh, yeah, is it's a very difficult thing. As Jordan mentioned, it's not like we're staring down the barrel of a very obvious change. Mm-hmm. We just need to pull the trigger. <clears throat> it's, 
it's a puzzle to figure out. And even when you have pieces that seem really good, who knows how they'll fit together. They could, they could be, you know, uh, a summit and do super well and then flame out. Mm -hmm. They could be, um, a bang and just never work. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen when you move these pieces around. It's very risky. And I would be very respectful of a roster and a system that has produced two top two finishes in a row. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's plow through listener takes and let's do it. Call it a night after that. Um, there's one uh, that came up a couple times. Uh, Palm tree 5210 said losers bracket is broken and OP and I won't be told otherwise. All right. Later also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was it? It was. Squizomatic. Who says we need to re- reevaluate the double elimination schedule and the scrim schedule. It cannot be a coincidence that the team coming from the winner's finals only has a 20% win rate across all major regions over the last couple of years. That's actually very interesting. That is interesting. And that was apparently um, given as a hotline league conversation uh, topic. Hmm. But very concerning. It's certainly possible that it's just like, oh, wow, can't believe it's, it's like that, you know? Or it could be a pattern. And that 20% win rate... I mean, I don't know. This honestly hadn't occurred to me until just now, and I'm probably just not paying that close attention. Well, but we did the exact same thing last year. Yep. And you, you know what I've said over and over again? It's like I like rhythm, mm-hmm. so I like to play and play and play, and stay in that regular rhythm. Play every weekend. Yeah. You know, and um, I think that's what's good for teams. I like to have losing be a part of that rhythm. So you can respond to the losing and know how it feels and know how to bounce back. Right. Cause when you move on to series, that's a very important skill as you know, it bailed us out <laughs> against team liquid. Yeah. Right. Um, I absolutely think that I would rather be playing every week. So I don't think it's that like, I think the, the winners versus loser bracket thing is, is about the rhythm for me. Yeah. Scrims. I can't speak to because I know it's very, difficult to line up scrims um during playoffs when like teams get eliminated and they're no longer <laughs> participating though it seems like a missed opportunity right yeah. like if you want your team to get better why not scrim like the super good teams for a couple more weeks right yeah, grind some um, lost art cool what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> so i uh i i think that this is a rhythm thing and i think it's real and it makes it harder it's not an absolute all ending excuse for what happens but it just can't be good just can't be good to be thrown out of the rhythm like that a little rest from time to time is good yeah but being completely out of rhythm it's tough yep that's a pretty Um, crazy stat yeah it is it is a pretty crazy stat uh so let's let's parlay that into something similar where i find it uh Mont says, I think finally having some time off for the team while MSI is happening is actually probably better for us in the long run than winning and playing nonstop until Worlds. We already saw how we play when we didn't get the proper break over the offseason, so I think this will help a lot. Now, 
I've got, there's weirdness in this take. Like, I think there are, there are things that are contradictory in the take um, that we can tease out. Um, but taking it uh, step by step, whether it's better or not to, to not go to MSI. So, yes, rhythm. What I was saying about rhythm. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it makes teams better and sharper. But you cannot sustain that rhythm for too long or else yep. then you get burnout, right? Right. It's a fine line that you have to tread. And we have seen over and over again MSI teams come back and just be totally off their game when they get back to LCS, yep. right? So I even tweeted, it was like 200 IQ by us to dodge MSI so that we could still crush in summer. Um, I think that's a real thing, right? Uh, further on in his take, uh, we already saw how we play when we didn't get the proper break over the offseason. So I'm, I'm assuming Mon is meaning here, maybe he's in chat so he can clear it up. Um, he means the fact that we played, you know, instead of just playing summer and then having a lot of off time, we played through Worlds and then took a break and, and the break wasn't as long. Right. I think that that kind of break is long enough to where this doesn't yeah. factor in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, what we have kind of been told is that it's the opposite, that the players were a little too breaky <laughs> at, the be- at the beginning of the split, right? Yeah. And that was, that was kind of problematic. Um, so I wouldn't say that we were playing that way because we ha- didn't get the proper break, because I think the break's long enough. I just think that um, we weren't sharp during that time because yep. we, had, we had been on break. Now... MSI is different, right? Because if you do play through MSI, it is fairly continuous. Yeah. And so I, I do think that the burnout is a major factor there. So uh, overall, I still think we will be in better shape of the beginning of the summer split and in a better position to get a higher seed in the playoffs as a result. Not sure that translates to... Like, I'm not sure the experience you miss out on for not playing is... Uh, is worth that cost it's hard to know yeah i mean i think the uh the thing about msi that's so tricky i I don't know exactly how long the the break is between end of msi and start of summer maybe somebody does um but it's it's you there is a a mental difference in going into a split knowing that you have a full split and then if you accomplish what you're hoping you accomplish you will play league of legends straight through the end of the calendar that's a long time you know you're you're coming off of a very long stretch that's very intense and and realizing exactly what you have ahead of you there is mental strain to that i think the difference with worlds is you know that either way you're going to have a break after that because spring doesn't start until spring um or at least early spring (laughs) january (laughs) is it january that it starts yeah yeah Lock-in is in January. Oh, January. Yeah, okay. Well, late winter, we'll call it. Midwinter? I don't know. Anyway, my point is um, you, you know what you've got ahead of you. Like, you have the end of the marathon, basically, and you're just getting off a sprint right in the middle. That's tough. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got a few takes about how the, how the game's played out. So let's clear those out. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. Sen says, we need to increase the champ pools for closer Navadaga. 
Closer was playing supportive junglers rather than playmaker playmaking ones, e.g. seem to have their homework done and banned out Abba and Closer every time. Um, why do we need to play meta? Where were the Reaper Mega Brain drafts? I don't know if increasing the champ pools is necessarily a thing, just as much as just choosing those champions, right? Like, again, Diana was always available, right? I don't think that got banned out ever. And that's viable. Um, we had a J4. We had, we had an opportunity for the Jarvan. Yeah. It just, I think it was a matter of priority and choice, and we chose other things in the end. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. And again, and again, neither, I don't think you blame the drafts on us losing uh, because I think even with great drafts, we just didn't look like we were playing the way we should. So uh, that's a thing. But at the same time, there's a point to that. Let me put a little... I've already, already talked about this. Let me put a little bit of a different spin. Compare these two things. We go in intending to play what worked really well against TL. Which I think is what we saw. Right? More or less. Compare that to we go in intending to play really well against what EG does best. We didn't do that. We didn't go in to beat EG we went in to play our best game. Um, and I think the you don't need to look any further than our first ban every time, right? We didn't have an answer for their Nocturne composition. How different does that series look? If we leave Nocturne open first game, they take it, we beat that. It completely changes the, the tenor of the rest of the series. Yeah, We leave it open every time, and they are now scrambling to try to find something that they can use to beat, you know, us versus us trying to find different ways to play a better looking version of what we did against TL and them just being able to counter it. So I think that for me, it's, it was the, the, the draft philosophy, right? Like our strategic philosophy in this just felt very much, we are the better team and we're going to challenge you to beat us. And they said, sure, we'll do that. Versus <laughs> us meeting them where they were at. And inviting them yeah. to try to beat us with their best. Yeah, well put. Um, related things. Urge to Surge said, EG did their homework, banned our playmaking champs, Ari, Lee, Sin, and Lucian, and all the stakes were on our table, and we failed. So it's kind of like exactly what you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> Real Connection, who I think we can award take of the split to for his championship aura thing, which... Felt very real we throughout this split. Plaque <laughs> says, uh, no discredit to EG. They played fantastic. However, the patch heavily favored them. Three or four OP 80 carries that are all getting nerfed by 12.8, mm. and they won't perform well at MSI or next split. And, and then he says, and back to 100T on top. <laughs> so I like the end of that. But um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this. I, uh, I don't think that this was just a, an 80 carry meta win for them. I think Danny's just good on freaking anything. He's good on Tristana, you know, oh, don't make me think about that. And I don't please. think she's on the, I don't think she's on the nerf list coming up. <laughs> he's got, he's got um, breadth. Let's see. One more on the, the process of the finals from dark Huth, who uh, said the draft did not matter. We got outplayed and lost basically every meaningful team fight. 
Did I love the drafts? No. But every game we would win in lanes, then as soon as any kind of team play started, they were just better. We had an off weekend and they were playing out of their minds on fire. It just happens. Very well said. I, I said in chat, like after the, the matches, before I really had a chance to think about it, but I think it probably holds up if I was to go back and rewatch it, which I have no desire to do, to be honest. <laughs> But it seemed just like a tempo thing from them. Like yeah. they just out-tempoed us the entire entire match and then out-fought us also. And it's like, what do you do against that? We're getting double first bloods. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Some of those games honestly felt like, a, again, you've said this, turn the nameplates off. They yeah. look kind of like us. You know? They definitely. They got a lot like of Danny time. Danny got a lot of Danny time just collecting gold. And then just showed up in the mid game. So here, I, here I am. <laughs> Turns wrap out Danny's this up. very good. Yeah, we missed that during scouting. <laughs> um, oh, and it, well, let me mention one thing. By the way, well, actually, no, there's a take that relates this, so I'll save it. Can you imagine missing um, the scouting? On <laughs> it's like we no did. one, no Our one scouting's on, very good. No one on the team was on social media from the day before. They weren't <laughs> even in the the arena. They didn't see that TL play. You know. Well, <laughs> they would have nobody on the team would have been on, on social media for like three years. Yeah. At this point, medically, um, a couple like a couple things more back to the roster discussion. Um, JC101 says, and he called, he, he always rates his take. Uh, this one was a highly seasoned take. Okay. Our split was a success, but now we start sharing stage time with tenacity, quote, and in parentheses, and Busio, question mark. <laughs> Thank to you. set our new reign of the LCS in stone. So more roster stuff. So JC suggests seven-man roster. Not six, <laughs> but seven. Um, and looking at that top and support position for where the changes are being made, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I don't think it's likely. Um, and it there's a question here that we're not talking about, which is, is it more likely that we see promotions from our academy slash six man spot or, you know, ac player acquisitions? Um, I don't know. I think you've given your take on tenacity. I think it's a good one. We haven't talked about Busio as much. It feels like it, it feels like a bit of a long shot that in this in the summer window where you have the the madness of free agency and trades etc that a player who is unproven at, at, at the lcs level beats out all of the other shiny objects in the field mm -hmm. it seems less likely to me yeah um nick moore adds even though it stings i'd rate this split as a success but with that i still wonder whether or not we've hit or are approaching our ceiling as a team do you think there's any merit for our long-term success to promote Tenacity, Kenvi, and or Busio to the starting lineup? Kenvi is a no. I'm going to just say outright, and that's no disrespect to him, but we have one of the most clutch, insane playoff players in the league in closer. And, and I know it didn't show in this finals, yeah. but it showed throughout playoffs both splits with him. I would never mess with that pretty clear that he's emerged as the the leader of the team too like you mm -hmm. watch the you watch the content he's the one talking to the group in between games he's like the emotional leader of the team yeah yeah he's the face of the team he's doing the promotional stuff so i think yeah they're 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 in on closer 
and and maybe Nick Moore, I would say to you in closer's words, just shut up and let me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with tenacity and Busio, I don't, I will say, I think if there's a spot where we can look for making a swap, I would probably look at support right now. That's probably where I would look. So I think Busio is the most likely out of who we have. Um, down to it's so weird. More roster stuff. Pa- Papa Zan says, "Hot take: FBI has fallen off slowly since spring last year, and needs to return to form this upcoming summer split or be dropped." Mm. Also, our drafts in the finals. What lost us the game? <laughs> Putting closer on comfort carry. <laughs> should have been our number one priority <laughs> again i don't think draft lost it for us but i do agree closer should have been on carries but we'll focus on the other part of papa Zan's take fbi has fallen off slowly since spring last year and needs to return to form lest he be dropped thoughts oh boy um you know i hadn't thought about that as much but it's it is hard when the person across the lane from you is Danny to not feel in some ways like you are performing below your historical average. Let me jump in. (laughs) So this is what I was holding. Yeah. Did you notice that FBI basically got his crack at replicating the Danny play? Did you notice this? I don't think I did. It was not the same because it was, I think, I think they finished the Baron by the time FBI started fighting him. Oh. And I, I think it started Zalios? as a three V five. No, he was on Zeri. So he was on, oh, he's yes. on Zeri and he this. had a chance to kite out basically all five of them Yeah, and kind of went for it. And Vulcan just landed the Nautilus hook and just ended him. Oh, I do. Remember and that. I thought, I thought it was very interesting because there were so many parallels between those two plays. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's not exactly, but it feels in a way like a close comparison. Like, here's how Danny performed in that situation. Here's how FBI performed in that situation. Whoa. Now, FBI, when he has his confidence and he's playing well, dude is insane. And I would, I would take him right up there with Danny when he's at his peak. Danny appears to be more consistent. I agree to some extent with this that he when it comes to consistency, we are not seeing it out of FBI like we saw it in summer. Yep. We're just not. Um, maybe that's a function of the support duo in bot lane. Maybe it's a function of the meta. Whatever it's a function of, we got to figure that out. I do think we have to figure that out. Yet, I don't think there's anyone obvious, again, to take that spot. Like, FBI is a very good AD carry, and yep. I'm just not sure what else we would do yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, I I think his usage in our current team is becoming a is is becoming flat. I think he is almost becoming the the hyper carry threat. Right? It's like scale, 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 scale. The crazy thing is, you know, you've got Danny on similar champs right like he's not he's it's not like he has got a weird set of champions that he plays that just break the meta he just yeah he takes these hyper carries and then he pops off mid game with them he doesn't wait for 30 minutes he he says send me in at 22 right like i'm gonna end yeah. this thing now 
Um, and to be fair, they get him resources a lot earlier. For sure. So. I mean, again, their their blueprint is looking a lot like the one that worked for us so well last split. Or last, yes, last split. Uh, so, I don't know. I agree. I mean, I think peak FBI for us is when he was on these crazy aggressive ADCs where he had, you know, high mobility. I'm thinking Kaisa. Um, but the, kind of the crazy That's... thing is, and maybe it's a little bit like, look, I know that Zeri can have these games. I've also seen a lot of Zeri games where she is spamming into a crowd of people and doing nothing. And I feel like that, had a, had a very high loss rate. Yeah. In so playoffs. It's kind of like maybe it's just that high volatility champ where it's like, yeah, some games unkillable, unhittable, you know, jumping over and, everything. And I don't know why no one's saying this, but this is like the most boring meta at any position. Right? ADC. It is Jinx Aphelios Zeri. Uh, I mean, you call it most boring meta, but it did lead to like the greatest play of all time in the LCS. Sure, but when it comes to like variety and yeah. play styles and everything, it's like the same things over and over yeah. again. They, they got to do so something. static. It's been so annoying. I want to yeah. see more variety there from a spectator. There are point. a few more so, champs that could be played <laughs> right? at that position, right? Yeah. So, so bring that on, and maybe FBI will have a have a better chance. But yep. Danny plays a mean Tristan, as you said. Um, and Just one, one more quick on the, word on the support thing. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. In this series, we did have pretty good lane phase. You know, like we, who he was, mm-hmm. he did great on the Renata, like setting up plays in lane. Like they had high kill pressure, all kind of stuff. So it, it doesn't feel obvious to me that a different, like they still seem to be clicking to me in a lot of, a lot of cases. I'm not saying that there isn't room to criticize who he or question that. Yeah. But it does feel like in the lane phase, they're still they're still dangerous, right? They're still a threat. Well, I will say it didn't always feel like that during this season though. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, but even in this, in this series where we didn't do much well, like there were moments of (laughs) brightness in the bot lane lane phase. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Undeniably. Um, one more thing on rosters from Goetzel who says how, with how disappointing of a split Abadaga had, does the organization look elsewhere and maybe pick up Jensen? Ooh. <laughs> he says, I don't think they'll make a roster move, but if they do, I think that's the one. Someone is going to have to explain to me why we still think Jensen is like an earth shattering mid laner. No disrespect. In fact, I think he was, especially when we started watching, he was insane, right? Like Jordan and I are not lifelong LCS fans. We started watching in 2018. Um, he was very, very good. And then just didn't really seem to matter much in the, in the later years, I guess. And then he's had a lot of time off. I think there's a reason no one came to sign him. I don't know. I just don't really feel the love there, but I will, I will admit I, it's like almost a willful blindness at times because I know that he has a pedigree of of doing very good things on big stages. I just at some point it's gone. Cool. At some point it's gone, and and I just why do we? It it feels it feels obvious to me that like things progress and people are gonna get worse if they're not in the league. Bjergsen 
played as, in my opinion, as the best mid laner in the league this year. Uh, I don't think Jensen would play better than that, and they got third place. I don't know. Do we really? I mean, I'm not saying Abadaga had a great split. He did not have a great split. He had a few games where he looked great. He had a few games where he looked bad, and then he had many games where it didn't seem to matter a whole lot. Um, but it's such like a tough position to get something that slots in and does well. You know, and and who else? I don't know. I just don't think Jensen's the answer here. Well, you and I both watched recently the Dorktown documentary about Dave Steed, and I won't make yeah. this long, but for those of you who don't know, all-time great pitcher, took a five-year break, came back, made it right back to the big leagues. Cole, it's Jensen's time. He's coming back. Um, no. I mean, look. Wait, wait. Before you move on, let's tell the rest of that story. He came back, made his comeback, made it up to the majors, and he pitched 53 innings and never pitched again. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So, <laughs> Jensen's coming back for a limited time. Don't miss it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, look, could he still be good? Perhaps. He's, he, he doesn't seem like a long-term play either, right? Like, when you've got yeah. guys like Danny, when you've got guys like JoJo, like, you, you, that is, you are buying time with jensen i think if anything where it's like you it's a it's a bridge to whatever you're going to have the future of your organization i just don't think there is um a lot of evidence there to suggest that he is going to be the player on the roster that you win with at the end of next year right or the year beyond that and that's you know that's not a exactly a, a fair bar but I think that you kind of have to think about that to a certain degree, right? Is like, are we going to be in a similar spot a split later or a year later? Do we have to always be thinking in, in like one split increments? Yeah. <sighs> uh, okay. I agree with that, by the way. I just, the day when people stop calling for Jensen's going to be a good day. <laughs> And no disrespect, because again, I he has had a great career, and I have a lot of respect for him. I just don't think it's what we should do. Um, okay, so finally, just some overall thoughts from the remaining takes, just kind of like how we're feeling right now, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Um, Miggy o five o three says, "Well, the end of the season is not what I had hoped for." This is this is so funny. It's it's almost an identical take. Um, while the end of the season is not what I hoped for, it was still a success to many others. With that in mind, I think the team still makes changes to top and support. I see the skill ceiling for the team being reached while a new era of league begins for us this summer. So Miggy is high on Hunter Thieves' future. Um, and sounds like Miggy thinks this split was a success, uh, but more so for other people. <laughs> so Miggy's like warm on it. Uh, King Clang, he... I liked it the way he said it. He said, we're, we were going to lose sooner or later. <laughs> Just got to rip the Band-Aid off now. Compared with our regular season showing, top two is fine. On to summer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> got to rip the Band-Aid off sooner or later. Uh, yeah, can't win forever, but it would be nice to win a couple in a row, right? Yeah. Um, Century said the loss stings, and I really wanted to see the roster play internationally, but back-to-back finals, won a championship, 
big picture, looking back from 2019, 2020, 100T, this is still a good place to be. That's really well. And I don't think we should forget it. So I am proud of what we were able to do this split, even if it wasn't ultimately landing uh, at the at the best possible outcome. It is so hard to win. It is so hard to win. And even if we played at our ceiling, it would have been really difficult to take down EG with like the way that they were informed for this match. So I want everybody to just relax and enjoy what has been the best uh, 12 months of our league program. Yeah. Yep. And perhaps this is a flash in the pan, right? Perhaps we climb right back up there in summer, win it and go to worlds and do well there. We don't know. The future is before us, but what we can be sure of is that we've got a good staff. We've got a good roster. We've got good uh, prospects. We've got good fan base, fan base of, of the org itself, <laughs> right? As opposed to the EG phenomenon. Um, I'm happy with this year. I'm happy with this year. And the year's not even over. Oh, yeah. So, any other, uh, any other things to hit before we officially say goodbye to the spring 2022 split? Um, I'm glad you, you saved those last couple takes for last. I think, uh, the feel gooders, the feel gooders, it, it gets really easy, um, to feel, to feel bummed. Right. And of course it's disappointing. I think the the last thing I'll put, I'll just put this out there. I want to put this out in the universe. Um, you know, there is room for slight adjustments in league of legends and esports, and I think um, the thing that we have often forgotten, and, and maybe we weren't, we weren't always forgetting it, maybe it just wasn't proven, but it's been proven now, is that there's quality in the org from front to back, right? If, uh, the, if the org is in a team fight, we've got the full front to back team fight going, right? And what they've demonstrated time and time again is that they are capable of making smart adjustments. And you look at teams and orgs, just, you know, recent history, TL, C9, TSM, they have gone for major adjustments. You know, they, they've essentially rebuilt the program, it seems like, many times over. Um, and look where it got them, right? They are, they are, you can't argue that they're in a better spot than us because of where they finished. You could argue that they're in a worse spot of us because of all the questions that remain. So I will advocate for minor adjustments as we go. And I think that that is what the uh, management's capable of. So, you know, with, with the, an eye to that, I think we'll continue to be relevant, which is where you want to be, right? We, we've, we've, we've known both sides of that coin. And um, being irrelevant in a competitive scene is certainly much less fun than getting second. So we'll take second, and we'll trust the Papa and the rest of the squad. Nice. I was gonna. I, that was gonna be my final sentiment. Is like, let's bring back a classic, guys. Yeah, trust the Papa. He's trust he's shown Papa. that he can deliver a title, and he's shown that he can. You know, he and the rest of the staff 
can make smart adjustments to get us over the edge. So I, I see no reason to think that they aren't capable of doing that again. And I love these guys so much. I just, I love the team. I love the personalities of the team. I love watching them play. I like the way that they play. Usually not the best on there, but usually I like the way they play. And I think they're a pleasure to follow and it could be a lot worse. Absolutely. <laughs> it could be, be a lot, lot worse. worse than winning and then getting second. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Most what a, teams, what a season it's been. In fact, have <laughs> not done that. You know, that's not typical. So, <laughs> as said in chat, true, we could be TSM. Oh, what go. a way to end that. So, let's end the podcast with that <laughs> thought. Uh, guys, thanks for being with us for this split. Uh, we're still going to be around during the off season. We'll do things from time to time, including rec league regularly. And then some other one-off streams here and there, maybe some VOD squad. If we feel like it, maybe some call of duty or best friends gunfights. If Jordan joins in, we'll be here. We'll be doing things. Um, if you haven't already, please consider expressing your gratitude to the players and staff. I think they would appreciate that and appreciate knowing that they still have fans that believe in them and uh, fans that are ready to be back contending for a title in the summer. Yeah, we'll be back. So with that, we love you, and we miss you already. Take care. 100. LA, crazy LA, all I ever ask is 100. LA, yeah. LA, crazy 100. All I ever asked is one